How are you doing today? Doing pretty good. How are you? <laughs> I am doing well. It has been a while since we recorded anything. Um, I think the last time we recorded was in May, and this is the end of October. So I don't feel great about that, um, but it's a thing. <laughs> so I realized when we were editing and going through our other episodes, I was like, let's shorten the introduction for episodes going forward. So this is the shortened introduction, which is we have a show called Wholesome Transmissions. It's about video games and people, and we're going to move on. So our guest today is Scrimps, who is a returning guest from we've had him on two episodes so far. And Scrimps, why don't you give us a short uh, little introduction and reintroduction for people who may not know about you? And then feel free to give uh, let people know where they can find you. All right. Uh, hello again. Wholesome transmissions people. The good people that listen to the pineapple head with a radio <laughs> eyes. Uh, I, I, am, I am Scrimps. I am half man, half shrimp. Uh, lifelong gamer. Arms commentator. Tournament organizer. And... Uh, intellectual that's why we're here is to is to dig deep and, yes. and uh, any guy who can <laughs> self-proclaim to be an intellectual you know you're gonna get some gold because at the very least you can say wow what an idiot <laughs> yes either typically when you have a discussion between intellectuals you either realize they're all idiots or you find some nugget of wisdom that you can take with you for a while so that's so the did, goal did is you just call yourself an intellectual as well I'm calling myself an idiot. An intellectual <laughs> will will figure out as we go through today's episode. <laughs> How about that? I like it. Okay. <laughs> so one of the things that I have that I want to specify before we talk about the topic today is that we are not medical professionals. We are just people living life and we have no uh, degrees or intellectual or academic uh, basis for our, what we're talking about today. Um, but I think we can still have a pretty interesting discussion and get some good information and, and possibly help our listeners out getting through 2020 because 2020 has been crazy. And one of the things I noticed as the year progressed, because we were recording episodes in March when like stuff was going down and lockdown was starting and things were getting like really hectic and people were freaking out. And now we've kind of come not necessarily to the new normal because things aren't normal yet and we're still battling COVID, but it's become a little bit more um, back to like how things used to be. People are getting more comfortable with, with just the new state of the world. And I noticed like the topic of transparency between like coworkers and in people's lives has just become a lot larger than it ever has been before. Like there's been this notion where you kind of like, especially at work, you don't talk about your personal life. You don't talk about issues that you're having um, in your personal life because they can come to bite you later on. 
but I think that COVID has kind of broken those boundaries down and people are more that, more willing than ever to kind of talk to coworkers or talk to strangers or be more open with people because everyone's having so many hardships and just finding it difficult to get through each week with the news cycle and all the crazy stuff that's changed um, that it's become more commonplace. So I thought it would be really useful tonight to talk about transparency as a topic and see kind of what we can bring to the table with that. So um, that's sort of where we're wanting to go. And I wanted to break this down into a couple different topics that we'll address. The first one is when are the right times to be transparent? The second is how does transparency interact with vulnerability? Because I think that's a very important distinction to make. And then what are the strengths and weaknesses of being transparent? So I guess starting out when, with when are the right times to be transparent? Um, Scrimps, with you, where do you break down how you, how you, like how much information you tell people and, and how open you are with people, depending on if they're your friends or family or coworkers? And how do you typically make that distinction as you get through life? I think that transparency, it's not necessarily a one-way street. It's not, okay, I'm deciding that I am a transparent person. It's more so uh, kind of a balance of trust with the other party. You know, if you trust somebody, it's easier to open up and share more with them. Uh, You mentioned work and how it's it it might be i don't know if it's an american culture thing or just a professional culture in general where you're you're there to work you're not there to make friends we all have a job to do so kind of put your head down and work through your problems because it's this isn't your personal life it's work so yeah um as far as when when i'm transparent and yeah, it's all based off of the individual situation and relationship. Mm-hmm. And I had that experience at several jobs where my previous job was an office job, right? And that was very much like you didn't really talk about what was going on in your life outside of work. Not very much. Um, when COVID hit, we worked to being remote and my coworker and I, not my supervisor, but my coworker and I, we were pretty open with like, how was your week? Oh, it was terrible. Like everything was awful and everything going on is still awful and I'm having a tough time. And that kind of started after COVID happened and people kind of got to the point where I feel it was like a, a, a like um the, the boiling over point where people were no longer trying to hide things that were going on or their anxieties mm-hmm. or their problems. COVID kind of broke that open and was just like, no, I'm having, yeah. I'm awful. Like I'm not doing well. And I think that that's been interesting to see because I think it's I think it's it's OK now for some companies and depending on the atmosphere to to be transparent and to tell people your problems. And I agree with yeah. you that you really have to feel out the situation. I think it's a good I find that I am typically more withdrawn and more hesitant around people that I don't know, which I think everyone should be being cautious and really trying to figure out where people that you interact with, new friends, new coworkers, where their um, 
intentions lie and what they Mm -hmm. what like do they really care for you as a person and if they don't do you want to share pertinent information with them that could possibly be used against you um and radio i gotta say i want to kind of go to you on this like how does that work with you because i know that you spend a lot of time at work that's been one of the reasons why we haven't been able to release as many episodes we wanted to because you've been so busy with work and i'm curious like at work how how open are you and where do you feel comfortable sharing information with your coworkers, especially since you you're working so much and you don't have a lot of time to spend with outside people i feel like there's a lot of things to factor in because um Depending on the amount of influence you have at work, say if you're a nobody, and I don't want to start off with this really, but I am. Um, say if you're a nobody, you may be less likely likely to talk about what you really want to say um, to your boss. Mm. But if you're anybody like me, you may find yourself in a position where you don't mind telling your boss that's okay, this write-up is not going to affect me. And I know that, straight in their face. So there's um, a type of transparency of being honest with them with that kind of uh, power that you hold at the workplace. But I think the most important one uh, to me, and the one I like to focus on the most, kind of like what Scrimps was saying, it may be an amount of trust, but I also think that transparency is more of an acceptance of different ideas and that is something that we tend to learn kind of like love and hate so i find that with people and particularly in the workplace most of the time i tend to be very straight up about it um if it's a deep subject i may sway from it at first the second i got 10 minutes with you we're going in (laughs) that's just me that's just uh, that's how i've always been if it's a one-on-one conversation, you bet I'm going to go for something a little bit below the surface because I'd rather know a person than what seems like a cardboard shell. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's hard to do. I mean, I, I certainly agree with that is even with coworkers or people that I meet, I think I'm just... I'm so genuinely interested in people's lives because I know I'm fairly young. I'm only 24 right now, but I get so interested in figuring out what makes people tick. And like, I can, like if when I meet a coworker, I meet a new friend, I see how they are right now. And I'm always curious, like I know there was a lot of things in that person's life that led them to be that person that I see before me. So I want to try to peel back the layers and not necessarily like dissect them, but I'm just curious to see what shaped them and and how that might have application in my own life or how I could learn from other people's experiences. And with that, I'm like, I'm pretty okay with being transparent with, with most people that I meet. And I will tell people, you know, some of my struggles and some of what's going on. I don't necessarily share all of it and especially not at once. Um, but I find as well that if you're open to people and you can judge their character, they will in turn be more open to you and probably tell you things that you wouldn't have known about them otherwise. And I think that some really beautiful things can come through that, even if they never go past being an acquaintance or being a, a more casual friend, maybe like not one of your really close friends or something. I think it's honestly the best shot we have of having real relationships. If the more open we are to 
up front, especially, uh, shows that we can be capable of trust and trusting other people with that information. Sometimes you have to give a lot more than you have to take in order to obtain something of great value. Yeah. yeah. And, but there's also a balance to that. You, you can definitely achieve more the more transparent you're able to be with somebody. But mm-hmm. if you don't form a relationship first, and radio, you mentioned you like to go below the surface level, 90% of people aren't comfortable with that. And they'll defer, yeah. like you said you would do if it was too quick of a conversation. So there's, it's a balance. You can't just jump into, here's how we need to make the world better. And they're like, whoa, I just, I just wanted to know what you had for dinner. You're giving me a little too much here, you know? So that's that goes back to the first question. And Pine, you mentioned that um, after COVID, you found it easier for everybody to kind of come together because everybody was going through the same thing. And it was yeah. okay to say, nope, things aren't good right now. Everybody <laughs> knows that. But it that's safe. Yeah, It's yeah. safe in this time to say that you're not okay. Exactly. It's it's okay to not be okay. Everybody in this world has things that they want to improve in their own lives to whatever degree that is. It's the same as, you know, are, are you rich? Are you wealthy? Are you poor? It, everybody's there on an intellectual scale as well. And there's something to be said about all people coming together and mm-hmm. we're seeing like public PSAs. Hey, get together with family, do zoom calls. Your mental health is important. That applies to all the time as well. And this takes me back to my, my time in the military. We had a a phrase called embrace the suck. And it's when, (laughs) you know, you've been outside for three days. It's snowing. You don't have clean clothes. Breakfast was cold. And it's just like, well, can it get any worse in this moment? I, I really don't think so. And if you're able to share that moment with somebody, it doesn't matter what you think of that person as an individual in that moment because you're both going through the same thing at that moment. So you're able to yeah. connect on that level and that that can bring people together too, which is what you were saying after COVID. It was easier for the coworkers to all say, nope, not okay. Yeah. Yeah. And exactly. And like that, and like one of the, the terms that uh, the phrases that I always hear is like misery breeds company, right? Like or enjoys company. Like it's yep. good. It, it feels good to be miserable together. And I think like talking about the focus on mental health and a lot of these like the things that COVID has brought to the forefront of oh, wow, like you should be taking care of your mental health. And people are like, oh, man, I should do that like all the time, even after COVID. Mm-hmm. I hope that in a post-COVID world, let's say vaccine is out in a, in a year or two, right? Things get back to fairly close to what they were before all of this happened. I'm hoping that as a society, we can carry these things forward of, wow, like when things were hard and I opened up to people a little bit more, wasn't wasn't blatantly like transparent and just shared mm-hmm. everything and and got hurt because of that, because I, I shared too much or I pushed people away, but that I was comfortable with sharing some things and it helped me. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that, that we can carry that forward going like when things get good and realize, yeah. wow, if I'm having a not great week, it's okay to tell people that I'm not having a great week and maybe mm-hmm. they'll 
understand or maybe try to help in some way. And because I think, you know, like you mentioned, in Western society, we have this just big impression of, and the thing is throughout the world is always try to put your best foot forward or always appear to be the best that you are. There it and is. It he is. Said it. And it, he said appear. And it, <laughs> yeah, That's you're supposed to. Point. So why don't you take it from here then? Yeah, so you're you're saying that you hope things can move forward and everybody has a little bit more appreciation. You know, maybe mm-hmm. that's true for anyone who was directly affected by the pandemic, but it's your hopes are counter to the way that our culture is built <laughs> and is moving. Yeah. Because look at Instagram, look at you know, everybody's editing, touching up their photos, only posting mm-hmm. what they want people to see. So they have this image in their head that they're trying to project to everybody else for them to see. Not only am I okay, but look at this Lamborghini that I definitely did not rent just to take <laughs> pictures with. Yeah. You know, everybody's all about this fake flex. It's it's so important to appear to be more than you are. And until that cultural, I don't know what to call that other than being a a toxic effect on people. But until that changes, I don't think that we can honestly sit here and and hope that this, Mm -hmm. these feelings of togetherness will come forward because it's, it, it takes a couple layers to even get to the thought of, Oh, I appreciate my life more than I did before. We're not there Mm -hmm. yet. We're still in it right now. There's still people highest unemployment rates, you know, so it's, it's difficult for me. I want to be optimistic, but I also see where culture was before this happened. And it's almost been amplified now to another level. Yeah, it, it is amplified to another level in some regards. I think it's weird, though, because I agree that the trend of social media and the trend of where society is going with, with Instagram and whatnot has been to push us towards that appearing great all the time and sharing our best memories. And like our life is perfect. We have no bad memories. Like everything I post is amazing. And then when COVID hits, it flips and everyone's like all of a sudden for a couple months and it's starting to fade. I agree. But it's like oh yeah things are terrible like i had a terrible week and then the next post the next day is like yes things are still bad this is what Mm -hmm. happened to me this week lost my job whatever and it was like all the social media platforms for a while seemed to like literally shift from being always happy to being always depressed for like a a a split second and and in the grand scheme of things it's probably going to be a split second um but you're right like unless we shift away from that as a society things won't get better and even in those moments you're you're saying that even in those moments where everybody's being more transparent and real and admitting they're scared or whatever online at the same time people are expressing that through a funny meme where they're trying to draw a reaction they're hiding their emotion behind social media again presenting something that's not themselves so it's there almost is no such thing as transparency on social media and there's so yeah. many people who put weight in their social media lives that mm-hmm. that's not going to change it's only going to increase so yeah the, i don't know what the what the outcome is i guess 
I guess my hope and one thing that I I've noticed is and I can't think of any specific people or specific examples off the top of my head, but I think there is a growing number of maybe people on like streaming platforms like Twitch or YouTube or um, even some more fame, like more influencers who have embraced that form of transparency. Because I think that even nowadays, most people have a, have this part of their brain that knows when they see all the good stuff on people's social media feeds that there's like a mask or there's a layer. And I think that there are some genuine transparent people on platforms nowadays and who are possibly gaining some steam or gaining um, notoriety or, or being appreciated because of that raw transparency. Because, I mean, I agree it's easy to, it's easy to like the cheap thrills that that in like that people bring with with showing their Lamborghinis or or like their amazing lifestyles, but I think there is a point where may, I'm hoping that people might be like, yeah, this is all fake. Like I want to see some real emotion or real truth, and mm-hmm. like you know, you, you scrimps and radio, you guys wear your heart on your sleeve when you talk to people, and I think that that is something that's very commendable and respectable. And I just hope that as a society, especially after this year, maybe those types of people are appreciated or, or, um, you know, regarded as, as true role models to look up to rather than what mm-hmm. we have typically seen, which are a lot of people who, when things get bad, don't really care about others. I like to make a point real quick. Um, I'm not sh- too uh, certain about this one but kind of made me think a little bit um think of it like a, a like a rainbow you have a lot of different colors up there and depending on the color that you choose let's just say that 2020 was blue you know sad despair all these yeah. negative emotions uh and everyone's following that spectrum for the time being and then um you know, next year happens, and then it's more like a green, and then eventually we go back to where we were, which was yellow. Everything was great. We're going back to the Lamborghinis. We're going back to the sunshine and rainbows. <laughs> and everyone's on that spectrum of that type of transparency. We're good with showing people togetherness, like you were talking about um, with Misery Makes Good, um, what was it, Company? Right. Uh-huh. So what if it was possible that people really just try to communicate to each other in the same language that everyone else is speaking on, just so they feel like they're being heard? Like that is the transparency we're just trying to feel at the time being. Like trying to trying to keep the same rhetoric going as others. And then however that shifts, you kind of keep that up to to have that camaraderie with others. It's, it's yeah. just why we have trends. I mean, like the whole thing, um, like on Twitter, like that's a that's a big thing. <laughs> just a moment yeah. ago, we had a hashtag send nudes and everyone was on that and then it died <laughs> off. <laughs> I'm just oh saying. Goodness. It's, only, it's <laughs> only Friday. Come on, guys. Jeez. Um, and you know, funny. it's just noodle pictures. Yeah. It's great. Um, but oh, that's, that's great. just That's just a point, you know, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. that everyone tends to be trying to, to do not not the same thing by being like others but i think we're more or less trying to do it because we want to be heard in that spectrum at the time in that in that moment and i think it's yeah. uh, i think it makes sense whenever you think of it like that actually i used to be a, really against that because i used to think to myself okay well maybe it's not such a good thing to 
always be hey like check out my dollar bills check out this nice new car check out everything and everything that only i can have but everybody else look at all my seems stuff like they have. look at my stash <laughs> right but the second we walk away from that you don't see at nine o'clock when i had a huge argument with my wife and i go in the bathroom and i take a picture of myself you know crying that yeah. very same day right the next day i'm probably gonna have another scheduled tweet or something <laughs> that's also positive yeah i there is uh i'm thinking of one great example of a shift towards transparency in media and that's mm-hmm. the joe rogan podcast He's yeah, yeah long form discussion it, you can't get through three four hours of talking with somebody without knowing who they are and mm-hmm. he's his curiosity and how he's always trying to find a middle ground or a way to understand who somebody is he he has the biggest podcast in the world i'm pretty sure it gets more views than like cnn or some major news corporations and that shows you that there is an interest in transparency and yeah it's it's a really really big important thing when you're trying to form a relationship with anybody, friendship, whatever it is, mm-hmm. to be able to admit your faults. And it's the same thing as being able to admit that you're not okay. So, you know, let's say, Pine, the whole time you have met me, all the tournaments that I've run, that I never once said, oh, my bad, I made a mistake. Like, I'll take yeah. ownership of that. That's on me. It, when somebody says that, even if it's a negative result because what they did was a mess up, by mm-hmm. them acknowledging that they messed it up and taking ownership of that, I respect oh, that person a hundred times more than somebody who just didn't mention anything and kept moving on. And, yeah. you know, it's way easier to form trust with somebody if you're able to admit your faults, if you're able to admit everything's not okay. Cause then they're like, oh, they're a human too. <laughs> yeah, that kind of goes it's back weird. to the workplace as well, too. Now that I think about it, um, sorry for it, cutting you off there. No, that that's okay. I mean, you're right. I think it does come back to the workplace where, um, and that's one of the the core values of the company that I currently work for is ownership is is owning up to what you do and being okay with that. And if you make a mistake, we're all human. We're going to make mm-hmm. mistakes, and um. And I think that's a great thing to have, especially at a corporation, because um, I think that typically it's like, no, there's there's no room for error. Um, And in reference to your point, Scrims, I was thinking about this where long form discussions nowadays, especially with podcasting taking off how it has. Um, are being more uh, pursued by people like they actually want to listen to a couple hours of people talk. And it's weird Mm -hmm. because when technology started and we started getting tv and then the internet and everything technology has just been pushing us to do things quicker and get our news quicker yeah. and getting like you can see uh you know for for sports fans you can see the results instantly of a game yeah. you don't even need to watch the game um you can do everything instantaneous and everyone's going towards fast and quicker methods to get their entertainment and i think that it's failing people because they're not having the human connections that they really need to get through life and i think that the the growth of long form podcasts like the joe rogan show or joe rogan experience is because people 
or finding value in taking the time to listen to people discuss ideas and not just short, cheap thrills that that have really no meaning yeah. behind them. And, and I think it's important to distinguish between... So initially, I remember the the argument was people don't have a long attention span. They want something quick and they want... Mm-hmm. Who, who is that? That's not me. That's not anybody that I know. It's just something that we keep hearing. And it the reason is, is because the social media networks, they get money per view, per click, per video, mm-hmm. per follower, per advertisement. And in order to maximize that, they have to shorten the, um, the time that a certain piece of media takes to present to you and draw a reaction from you. So it's not humans themselves who are yearning for a five second video over a real conversation. It's just the tools that we have at this time that's what we're being being presented with and i think there is a realization of that now and people are starting to realize like wait no i i don't have a five second attention span I, i would like to listen to something real Well, yeah, and I mean, mobile gaming has taken off, so it's easy to get those quick fixes with gotcha games or whatever you can play on your phone, and then your news is able to be obtained instantaneously, and you can see headlines in seconds. You can interact with people online in seconds, and I think that because social media and the apps that we use on our phone are so disjointed, like, I don't know a single person who just has, like, they only use Twitter or they only use Facebook for their communication. Like it's like, Oh, I have this one thing and I spend some time on that and I'm done. Everyone seems to be hopping between platforms and hopping between apps on their phone constantly. And that's, what's kind of causing this short attention span is because nothing is truly captivating people long enough with the way that these tools that we have are designed so we're we're constantly looking for the next thing to bring us some some dopamine rush right but you're right like in reality a long-form conversation that has some really interesting topics and touches on important issues i'm down for that like that's the stuff i thrive for i love i'll i'll find a documentary sometimes on youtube at night and it's like 30 minutes long and i'll be like oh this is really cool i like this like and i'm captivated so i agree i don't think it's that people's attention spans are too short i think it's that the way that monetization and profit making for companies has developed with the internet is to create short-term things that don't last very long I also just realized that I sound like a anti-social media crony or something. That's like the third point I've made about how the machines are making us do this. But we were just talking before the show and you talking about the genuine emotion that you find in the music community on Mm -hmm. Twitter and raw emotion that musicians are sharing and the videos they're making with their instruments and, and everything. And that's really cool. So you're not you're not against social media. You're no. against you're you're against what social media has been constructed to become, which is a lot of like fluff and meaningless stuff that goes on. You crave what social media can really do, which is bring people together in like a music community and help musicians 
yeah. own their craft and get in contact and make something amazing. Mm -hmm. And that kind of stuff that social media allows is fantastic. Yeah. And we are on our way towards, uh, so I'm big into cryptocurrency and mm -hmm. the major idea behind that is decentralization. No middleman. Mm -hmm. There's no controlling point. And when you take out that controlling point, you take out the ability for an advertising monopoly, which is yeah. what social... I mean, they have to. They have to make their money somehow. I, I don't blame anybody. It's just the world. It's the situation that we're in. Take Twitter as it is now. When I like somebody's stuff, the, let's just say we made a decentralized Twitter. So then every like that I give somebody, it takes you know a penny or two from me and gives it to them direct mm -hmm. from consumer to producer. There's no middleman. There's no platform fees. There's no advertisers. You're yeah. only advertising to your, your viewers. <laughs> so in a decentralized world without a middleman, there isn't the opportunity for manipulation by bigger entities. And that, that's coming in all forms. It's coming financially. It's coming musically. There's some great platforms starting up. I was talking to radio about this earlier today um, where artists won't need record deals. They won't need labels. They mm -hmm. won't need publishers. Everybody has the ability to make a, a high-quality EQ'd song on your cell phone. We have GarageBand. Yeah. You could literally make a song with what's in your pocket and it could be on the radio. We, we don't need a professional production team and a label. Those things have their place and they'll still be here. They'll just serve a different role. But the more direct we can get from person to person in any industry, in anything, and take out middlemen and take out complications and make the data stream more direct... That's going to help in every industry, and it's, it's coming because it's starting to become a problem. People understand now that social media is you know, a little bit toxic if you can't keep it under control, and the way that it's built is to make you think that you're enjoying things, but then a half hour later, it's, oh, what, what happened? I just got sucked <laughs> in there, and somebody took my data and my information and my money. I don't know what happened. It's so funny that we started the conversation on transparency between people and we're we're essentially talking about the same topic of transparency, but in relation yeah. to corporations and the online uh, tools that we have at our disposal. And I was thinking when you're talking about how we're going more towards decentralization is that companies were able to monopolize and Facebook and Twitter are so big now because they they gamed the system with what how the internet was evolving and now what you're basically saying and what's going on is like the flip of that and it's like this resistance story where these these insurgents like these groups of people are flipping the system on its head basically <laughs> and turning and and giving the power back to to the producers and to the creators and making it so that you can create amazing content that really speaks to people, but you don't really need a whole lot because technology yeah. is so advanced now for that. I, I don't see it as a flip so much as a merge. It It's not, uh, like I said, well, I, I, don't, I, I don't have an issue with social media. There needs to be 
a place yeah. where thoughts and people can exchange what they're doing, what they want to show, you know, that it's very important to have an outlet like that. And it's the internet is the greatest invention of all time. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Look, I'm, I'm looking at both of you right now. We're doing a podcast. <laughs> this is insane. You have the yeah. same beard. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but um. yeah, so I'm not saying it. We're going to destroy social media and form a new it's going to be a new platform it's just going to be decentralized and it'll be the way that everything will be decentralized mark my words what it october 30th 2020 everything will be decentralized I more or less was talking about you know a flip as in I think of it as like a pyramid where the the social corp the social media corporations everything you've had a couple people at the top that have controlled everything and we're not destroying the platforms or like getting rid of of what the internet has accomplished but you're flipping the pyramid and giving like the people on the bottom the power that they probably should have had access to all along and yeah. being able to use the system as they want. Radio, I see you. Yeah, radio. I see. I see a thinking. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just sitting here, like, man, that sounds just like our nation. That's crazy, though, right? <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, so. If you look at any structured business or corporation, or you want to bring pyramids into this to make it easy, fine. That's fine. Um, the the people doing the work, like, look at the NBA. Look at a music label the people who are actually putting the product out are at the bottom and yeah. it's it's all the people that wanted money or wanted to get in the way because they have you know what whether they have a hidden agenda or they're in it for the right reasons they are receiving a disproportionate amount of the mm-hmm. net outcome of the product and by decentralizing everything there is no middleman therefore there's more for the people who are doing the actual work and putting the actual product out. It's yeah. kind of like Epic Games and uh, Apple right now. <laughs> Is that right? Uh, <laughs> well, think about it. Like Fortnite wanted to be on the platform, but they're told, hey, you got to pay this certain amount of percentage. And they're like, why should you reap the benefits off of our own game? That makes no sense. But they yeah. have to pay that 30%. Just, and it's the same yeah. way with Google. So in a way, yeah, it's kind of like that. If I was if I was an artist and Spotify told me, hey, in order for you to put this song on this, you have to give like money back to this this uh, streaming service. I'd be like, I, no. Well, you do. No. <laughs> you do. Every streaming service takes a gigantic chunk. They what, do. Is, I, what is it? I think if you get a million streams on one song on Spotify, you get like 300 bucks. Great. It's not. It's, <laughs> may, it might not even be that much. I. It, it might be like thirty dollars. I'm serious. It's it's disgusting that what they're what they've I done heard, to musicians. For a while, so where, where is like all that one... money going? Actually, I tell well, you what, I could do this real quick. Um, I, I think, think I was telling just... Scrimps this. Uh, no, no, I'm sorry. I was telling Pine this. Let's look at my bank real quick. All right. Uh, so yeah, I think okay, we're getting yeah. off track. <laughs> no, we're we not. Are. No, we're not. I'm looking so, up. I'm googling uh, the average pay per play 
I heard it was a half a penny. That's what I heard for the longest time. Was that it was half. A cent. It's between okay, between point zero zero six to point zero zero eight four cents per stream. Just to give you guys Holy an idea, crap. one thousand streams would translate into four thirty-seven. That's Actually, crazy that's pretty accurate because I have ten thousand plays on Spotify right now. But if I was going to go to my bank right now, it's about eleven dollars. Wow. Yeah. So in a decentralized world, a thousand plays should actually be yielding you at least 10 times what they're giving you at this point. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how that it is rough. rough. It's rough right now, but we understand that it's rough right now. And all musicians much to relate back. See, we're not off talking. I'm bringing it back. (laughs) They're. They're embracing the suck together. They're all yeah. agreeing that like, all right, well, this is the best out right now. We're all in this bad situation and everybody knows that it's bad. So there's progress being made behind the scenes to make new platforms where there is no middleman. Yeah, which is transparency. Which is really good. Transparency, I- Pine. Okay, you're right. You got me. We are back on topic. And I, I agree, though. I think that it's strange to see like the political side of things the economical side of things the social aspect everything sort of combining and with with 2020 being the year that it's been it's it's very interesting to see how transparency is factored into like everything and and how all the interconnecting pieces and parts have changed things Not afraid to admit that I pee. So I think one of the topics that we were going to address is what the difference between transparency and vulnerability and like how that plays into into the topic of transparency is all and also with relation to the different types of people we brought up in the beginning, like family, friends and coworkers. And let's like scrimps. Why don't you start and just tell us one talk about transparency and vulnerability, and talk about how that relates to to the different groups for for your life. So that's uh, kind of touching on the balance that we were talking about before. Um, you want to be vulnerable. You want to show your vulnerability to a certain extent. And, and that's based off of the relationship that you have in a certain aspect. So that, that can go a different way for work or family or video game communities, whatever it is. Um, being vulnerable means that you have to be comfortable with not being okay or you have to be let's say you have a bias towards something and you're able to recognize that if you can go into an argument knowing that you have a bias one way or another and recognize that still hold your viewpoint but understand that you are thinking this way because you are who you are then you can understand that the other person is in that same boat and that's where mm-hmm. transparency is formed by two people being vulnerable with each other. So, yeah. 
whenever you talk about it, do you think it's possible to not be vulnerable, to be transparent as well? Like maybe there is aspects of being transparent, but does it have to be personal? I think when I think of vulnerability, I think of you're opening yourself up and like you are revealing parts of yourself that could almost be used against you like if you share your political beliefs with family or friends or, or co-workers their perspective of you could shift and i would view something like that as being vulnerable with people saying i feel this way um and it plays into transparency because transparency as scrim said is when two people are vulnerable with each other but i think that a lot of times you have to like initiate or, or you have to um be comfortable with that because a lot of people won't say that some people are really outspoken but those people i find often don't care what your opinion is they just want to share theirs um when yeah. you get to transparency it's like you you meet on this middle ground of let's let's speak as humans and find the common ground or at least share our ideas so that we can get somewhere right and like i find in, in my life my family are some of the people that i can be the least vulnerable and open with because i know a lot of the time that their i know their beliefs because they've been open with me uh my entire life and i find it difficult to um to tell them things that i know they're not going to approve of or speak on political topics that i know we have extremely strong disagreements on and I think it's harder sometimes with family um, because you're stuck with them. Like you, you're stuck with your family. I mean, you can, I guess, um, cut them off from your life, but you can't choose or you can't replace your family, right? Um, they're 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 who you were given um, on this earth to 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 live with. So it, it's like you're kind of you're kind of trying to always um, find a, a good balance or trying to figure out what you can share and why. And that's why I think vulnerability and transparency with family is, is particularly stunted. Yeah. And with family, it's difficult because you know them so well that you know sharing your beliefs is not what you're afraid of. It's the aftermath. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's not so much a fear as you know what I, I could just eat this beautiful Thanksgiving dinner we could have I can just let them rant about whatever it is they're feeling <laughs> and I can go home at the end of the night you know so it's it's yeah. about choosing your battles and with your family there really shouldn't be battles um, but it the amount of of respect that you have for another person can also decide how transparent you're willing to be with them so Definitely. the uh, take anybody's parents or older siblings whatever it may be you can be open and transparent with them but ultimately you don't want their view of you to be lessened Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's something that most people want in any relationship or conversation. And that's kind of your, you don't want to set yourself up to get steamrolled or be in a fight that you could have seen coming. So this is 
this is right back to the first topic of like when are you transparent it's it's all so nuanced i honestly after our entire discussion spanning coworkers and social media and like the decentralization of where things might be going and family i honestly think the last group that we haven't talked about in terms of friends is the one group in people's lives where they're probably the most transparent and vulnerable with honestly yeah. it's not even it, like it's not even necessarily even your spouse or your your significant other i think that the people that you're most transparent with like i i think radio is probably one of the people that i am the absolute most transparent with because i know that no matter what i tell him or what i'm thinking he probably relates to it in a certain manner and he's probably going to like listen and be there for me and i don't really have the fears of backlash that i have with other groups in my life yeah yeah i I feel that heavily i have a group of three or four friends from high school i my roommate right now is one of my friends from high school Mm -hmm. we've known each other for i I don't know but when you form uh, yeah math is hard that's your job pine that's okay that's okay in order to form those sorts of relationships you have to go through some struggle together you have to grow up a little bit together you have to learn you have to mess up together and once you have been side by side or in a similar situation with somebody and you're able to relate on that level you both know your true character like when it when it's really going down how are you gonna act and i i have literally been arrested for my friends because they were dumb and they needed help and i knew it was not a good situation but i'm not i'm not gonna stand there and watch my friend get punched in the street so i'm gonna do something and that's how you get arrested kids so choose your friends wisely (laughs) but but if you know that that sort of action like there's nothing that i can do aside from killing his family member that will ever separate us from being friends or you know there's yeah. nothing i could say that he's gonna be like oh that that guy's not a good guy because he's seen my actions in when it matters And it's it's strange because I think that also friends are the the one group that you honestly, as you get older, spend the least amount of time with or have the least amount of time to spend with, right? Like, I mean, radio, you barely talk to to me or Leah throughout the week. And those are like the people that are closest to you. And you don't like those are the people that you have the least amount of time to talk with. (laughs) So it's like this constant struggle of you don't want to be transparent with a lot of the people that you're interacting with daily, but the people that you really do and the people that could probably help you process what you're going through, your emotions, are the ones that are the hardest to find. You know, now that you touched on that, (laughs) I think that's a big portion of why I am so quick to want a deeper relationship with people so quickly because my lack of true conversation through work uh, gets ahead of that mental space 
for me. Mm -hmm. So the second I get home, you know, I want to know all the details of what happened to Leah, you know, like, yeah, how was yeah. It? anything weird going on? Tell me something, <laughs> you know, <laughs> anything at this point. Um, I spend maybe 60 hours, 70 hours a week doing work. It's been a little less lately. Mm -hmm. Thank God. But um, that being said, I get maybe, I don't know, man, maybe three or four hours of actual conversation for the week. Yeah. And when I think about it like that, that kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It does. It's, it's also funny because when I when we initially came up with the concept of this season being called therapy sessions, it was the idea of talking to guests about the deep and painful experiences in others' lives. But the more that we've recorded throughout this season, I've realized that this season is like a therapy session for me because the conversations I'm having with people are some of the best that I've had this year. And I've learned so much from talking to people that I feel better as a person like this has been me going through therapy <laughs> and and coming out a better person by being able to open up to people and and having them open up to me which is Bless. an it's an odd twist <laughs> I think it shows how much we all need that in our lives how much we need to have transparency admitting the lows and the highs yeah maybe not constantly but at least once every now and then is enough there are people out there that don't even get that so no, yeah it, every everybody goes through highs and lows and in every aspect physically mentally work life family life whatever it may be um before the podcast started we were talking a little bit about how important uh, diet and fitness are and those sorts of uh, self-care acts and doing things for yourself is absolutely necessary and that'll raise your floor in terms of your highs and lows your lows will be a little higher and your highs may be a little more plateaued or even higher off of that floor but if you're able to take care of yourself and the the viewpoints that we hold and us sitting here and discussing this with each other it's not as rare as we might think it's just that a lot of people don't have an opportunity or a platform or a friend group to express feelings like this. Everybody wants to be invited to a podcast to speak for two hours. If you yeah. invite me on your program, it's going to be such an easier conversation 
and it will be an actual conversation as opposed to if you put out a tweet, you know, your face, your voice, your emotion is not tied to that. It's text. However many mm -hmm. characters, 256, it's not a lot. No. So the importance of connecting with people through actual conversation is is paramount there's there's no more important thing than to truly sit down and understand where somebody is coming from not read a hundred words that they wrote and then attack them for it or support them for it and this uh, all the the transparency and the vulnerability and things when i read what this what this episode might entail when you sent me the first outline i couldn't help but think of cancel culture Mm -hmm. And when you remove somebody from a platform or you remove them from their own opinion, you have just destroyed the the chance for transparency. You've destroyed yeah. this person, you know, whether they admitted it or facts came out, whatever it is, that is a vulnerability. And for a person to just see a vulnerability and snatch onto it like it's, you know, they've, they were picked on for 10 years and they finally have their chance to say something. It's like, man, what, what do you really know about this? How involved are you in this? Does this matter to you? And that, that translates to almost every topic from politics to whatever's going on today is the, that inability for people to have compassion and to put yourself in somebody else's shoes that's that's what's lacking and i feel like regardless of the social media platform or the conversations whatever it is if we're able to connect that human element to it then we'll all be better off for it and canceling people and not letting them speak is not the way forward because if you want transparency yeah. if you want that person to show that they're vulnerable and apologize whatever it is you can't do that while removing them from the conversation and we yeah. we have it's to hear the worst parts of something and also compare that to the best parts of a person as a whole you can't take a person's singular action and make your judgment off of that you can't. And I think that the issue that I find is that it, it, we love to put people in boxes or we love to find the darkest edges of people and define them by those. And the, the, the truth is, is that we all have dark experiences. We all have dark thoughts that we don't act on. We have dark thoughts that we do act on. We probably have all done some terrible things that we are glad that no one has found out about or no one knows about and things that we're not proud of. And it just is unfortunate that the ones that get documented or people expose, it's people remove their own faults and are so quick to judge those of others and to, to like you said, with cancel culture. And I think that if, if you were to actually sit down with these people on a one-on-one -on -one conversation and just talk to them and, and be open to what they're saying, yeah. you would probably find some common ground and you would not be as angry as you are. And even before that, even before you get to the point of, okay, if I sat down with this person, I would feel this way. How about mm -hmm. before that happens, you realize in your own head 
that, oh, I don't have all the information. Yeah. I don't have the right to judge this person based off of one thing that I read without even knowing who they are. And yeah, that's if if you're if you're too quick to judge somebody based off of it's not even them. It's not even the person say like you're not even there. So if you yeah. if you don't have the information to make a judgment on it, you need to understand that before you make a statement about it because who's that statement for? It can only be for you. That's like going through or let's say I break up with my girlfriend and then a month later I'm feeling bad about that. So I go to them and say, "Hey, I'm sorry. Just wanted to make sure you're okay." Who is that really for? That's for you, not yeah. them. Yeah. And that's the same thing that goes on in cancel culture. Are you doing this for the greater good or are you doing this because you got bullied in the fourth grade? Mm -hmm. We tend so to, set gotta, up you have to look. You have to look introspectively before. It's high tension. It's crazy times. You can't just come out spitballing because you had an emotion about something. People need to be more introspective. I agree. Yeah. And I think that we'll likely continue talking about that and, and continuing on with our show and delving into topics that involve introspection and looking at inside of ourselves, what, what, what are we doing that is creating barriers and how are we cutting ourselves off from those around us? And I, and I, Scrims, I, I really appreciate you coming on today's episode to talk about these things because I think that we hit a lot of it's this weird like amalgamation of all that's happened in 2020 and talking about how it's affected us and how the world's changing. And I think that discussing basically when we're talking about transparency, we're talking about the connections between people and, and seeing how that is shifting. And I think we are seeing it shift. So we really appreciate your time uh, tonight and I just want to, you know, say this to our listeners before we end today's episode. Um, you know, we would love to hear from you. You can send us a message on our Twitter account at Wholesome FM and or you can email us at Wholesome Transmissions at gmail.com. But let us know how you are holding up with 2020 um, because we, we care about you. And um, it's not easy on anyone this year for dealing with the physical aspect of working and surviving and then also the mental taxation on everyone so we will be back um soon with more episodes scrimps thank you so much for being on our show thank you, and, you bearded beauties ah of course anytime and we will see uh everyone in the next episode adios Wholesome Transmissions is hosted by me, Pineapple Freak, and Radio. Our editors are Radio and myself, and our producer is Radio. Our logo is designed by Griffical, and music used on the show is provided courtesy of Scrimps. Special thanks to Scrimps today for appearing on our show. We really appreciate your help, friend. A lack of transparency results in distrust and a deep sense of insecurity. The Dalai Lama.